Welcome back to another episode of Castle Capsitos, the podcast we talk all things culture. I'm Joel Caranas. And I'm Yvette Cruz. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to hit you up on topics on how to measure success, and also we're going to talk grudges. Ooh. But before we do that, Yvette, tell them uh, where they can find us on social media. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at KSL Cafecito, and you can find me at Evie Cruz. And I'm at Joel Caranas. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and coming soon, Google Play. All right, let's talk about success. A recent study conducted by Discover asked 1,000 Americans to share what their lives would look like if they were successful. So they were asked about anything from their homes to their cars to their ideal luxuries and even what type of service employee would make them feel like they'd truly made it. Now, in most of those categories, the participants all basically want more out of life. So success meant having a bigger home than their current home, having a car more valuable than their current car, a housekeeper that they don't already have, and so on. So, of course, success means something different to everyone. And this particular survey was designed a certain way and stayed within certain boundaries. But because it means something different to everyone, I want to ask you, Shoel, what does success mean to you? You know, for me, success, that's obviously... Everybody has their opinion on what success is. I think it falls down to happiness. If you're happy with whatever you define is your success, then to each his own. I think where the issue comes up with a lot of time is whether it is from sometimes it's advertising, sometimes it's peer pressure, sometimes it's your own pressure. We have somebody else define our success. And I think that is where a lot of times we struggle or we get frustrated because we haven't been as successful as Johnny over there or Susie over there. And I don't know why I'm using names from the 1950s, but those are, to me, that's, it seems like those are the roots, the beginning roots of when people get frustrated about success because they compare it to somebody else because they see, oh, well, so-and-so, my coworker has a much better car than yeah. I do. And that's their definition of success. Right. Right. And, that, and that's a slippery slope because then yeah. you begin to compete against somebody else. And that, and that's one side. The other side of it, as well is you're competing against yourself. And I think of an example, just even I'll use myself as an example. I always want to make it a goal to go to be at ESPN. That was since I was maybe 12 years old. I wanted to sit down and be an anchor at ESPN. So for you, success meant being be, at ESPN. Absolutely. Okay. That was it. And so when I got to college, I thought, okay, I'm going to somehow get to ESPN. So I got to be a communications major. I had to go through some hurdles because I did not pass public speaking, <laughs> so, which was one of the requirement classes. But by the time I got into this business, I started sports writing. And by the time I even got my interview with ESPN, I thought, okay, finally, I'm finally going to achieve. This is going to be the crown jewel mm -hmm. of my young life is going to be to be here. But when I didn't get it, obviously it hurts. But then I had to go back and redefine what was success because I knew I could go back and apply again, but I realized, okay, I can't always keep trying to shoot for this dream, right? And I was so conflicted, and it was for a few months. I kept thinking back and forth. Do I continue even in this profession anymore? Mm -hmm. Has all my idea of what was successful, was that just pure smoke? Was that just an illusion? You know, and, and, and so I get concerned when I see people, when I hear people, they say, no, I have to work at this place or no, mm -hmm. I have to own this home or no. And it's I like a tunnel vision of success. Right. That concerns me because for those that do make it, those that achieve those tunnel vision goals, hats off to you yeah. and great job for you. But a lot of times that's not how life is. Mm -hmm. And so what happens after that? There's some people who take sometimes take months, sometimes people take years to recover mm -hmm. because they did not achieve what they thought was success. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this, Yvette? Well, 
So when I was younger, I wanted to be a journalist. To me, that would be that was my success. That was my uh, definition of success: is working in news, telling stories. And and if you think about it, that's what I'm doing now. I am a journalist, mm. and so so you know, younger me, <laughs> I, I am successful in becoming what I wanted to become. But now that I am this, and now I have different measurements for myself. Now there are different things that I want to do that would mean success. So now I want to win certain awards and I want to set, tell certain stories and I want to, I still want to be a journalist, of course, but the, the success is like, it's, it's a changing term. So yes, I, I completely agree with you in that it means happiness and that it means living a meaningful and fulfilling life. A hundred percent. That is success. To me, it's not about what car you drive or about how much money you make or about, you know, what kind of service employee you have. I, I don't think that that's success. And if that's someone else's definition of success, okay, fine. But that's not my definition. My definition is being satisfied where with where you are and who you're around and being happy with it and and that doesn't mean that you can't want more that doesn't mean you're content and you're just right. going to settle for this like no but the term is changing and so let's say you start at a certain job and 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 within that company you define what success will mean it means you know getting promoted or it means getting uh more responsibility and taking on more projects and it just it means different things and i think that's okay i think it's okay to to change the terms and and like you said I think uh, I agree 100% it's it's unhealthy to not change the definition and to always think because right. there are hurdles in life and things change and especially in this industry in journalism I think about all the stuff that can happen in this difficult industry and I get a little worried and so let's say I don't get a job somewhere or let's say someplace completely shuts down does that mean that I you know no longer have a shot at success no it just means I've got to change what my definition of success is. So would you say almost like success is always evolving? Success yes. Is, yes. Is evolving. And, you know, getting back to that tunnel vision thing, is there something that you would say you would recommend to those people? Because I, I know I a certain amount of people that I uh -huh. have, they're very good people, but it feels like I, I get concerned with that idea. It's like, no, like I have to own, I have to have some of them, I have to have you know, four kids by the time I'm 45 or I have to or do you this. you failed at life. Yeah, no. or things like that. And and, yeah. and 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 you, not that we know it all, but at the same time, we feel like, no, it has to be always evolving. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what advice do, do you give those people? So one of the best things that I have ever read in my life, it's so simple, but it's, it's I've, I've stuck with me ever since I read it. And I tell this to all the people that are uh, close to me. I try to, to tell them this. So it sticks with them, too, because it's just uh, it's I, I find it amazing. OK, mm -hmm. so it was about it was this article that I was reading. And I'm sorry, I can't remember where or what. But it was about uh, it interviewed a bunch of people and asked them to define what success meant to them or, you know, how they got there or whatever. One of the people said and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but he said I know it was he and he said that success is happiness. So how do you measure that? He says there's three areas in your life. It's uh, what you do. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, what you do, where you live, and who you're with. You have to be happy in those areas. So let's think where you live. That could mean the building that you live in, the home that you live in, the city that you live in, the country, whatever, where you live. Are you happy with where you live? Then there's what you do. That's what you do for a living, but also what you do in life. So are you happy with where you're working, with what you're doing day to day um, at this job? with the services that you do outside of work, with the things that you do, just what you do. Are you happy with that? Then who you're with. So who do you surround yourself with? Right. That could be a spouse, a partner, a um, family, friends, like the people that you're around. Are you happy with them or would you rather be with different people? If you're happy with one out of these three, just one out of these three, you need to make changes in life because you want to be happy with more of them. Right. 
If you're happy with two out of these three, then you're where you need to be for now. And if you're happy with three, congratulations, you're success, you're success, you're successful. <laughs> so I try, ever since I read that, it was about, it's a little over a year ago, I try to ask myself this question constantly. Um, am I happy with this? Am I happy with this? Am I happy with this? A lot of the times I am, you know, but happiness comes and goes. So things change, but you, you should strive. That, that's what I think. You should strive to be happy in these areas of your life. Because if you think about it, these are a majority of your life. What you do, where you live, and who you're with, that's basically your life. And if you're not happy with any of those, then definitely make some changes and, and figure out how you can be. Because that, man, ever since I heard that, it's just, it's such a simple way to look at things, but it's just, it's so true. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I might go third, third rail here a little bit, uh -huh. but I do want to mention something that I have seen before, uh, especially in, in some of my friends. Happiness and success won't always be dependent on somebody else, whether it's your partner or whatnot. Yes, I absolutely. Think, I think that is something that uh, I, I used to think of before when I was in college. I thought, okay, I'll be more successful, be more happy if I'm with whether it's so-and-so or I'm with just with somebody in general. That is not, from experience, that mm -hmm. is not the case. And I've seen too many people before as well that feel that, okay, if I'm married or if I'm at least in a serious relationship or once me and so-and-so, somebody they've been dating for a while, once we're married, then things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. That's not a guarantee with all due respect. Right. That's not always guaranteed. None of that is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. what, what, what is guaranteed is that your life is going to continue on and your success is going to depend for the most part on you. And that's, that's one thing I think that needs to be mentioned as well, because a lot of times it almost seems like maybe unwittingly we put a lot of pressure on whether it's a family member or your partner to be successful and right. that's or even not work or you know things like that right. or money money is, is something that a lot of people focus on right. how much money you're making and and yes money is important because that's how we pay our way through life but i mean what what amount is really going to make you happy because isn't it funny when you when you look at people who you're like oh that person's successful those people sometimes turn around and they're like oh me i'm not successful i want this and this and this so we're never really satisfied mm -hmm. with I mean, I, I don't know a single person that is just like, yes, I'm successful and I am so proud, you know. And I think that's that's a good thing and a bad thing because it keeps you striving for more. I think you should always strive for more. But sometimes you do have to appreciate where you're at. And I, I think about my family and how I grew up. And it's funny because my, my parents are immigrants. They both came here from Mexico and they had me and my sister. They did not have a... Um, They didn't have that much of an education. They didn't get very far in school. And for me to, for my sister and myself to graduate high school and, you know, to get degrees and for me to get a master's degree, that, I mean, it was not easy. It was a lot of hard work, but I, I at some point defined that as a little bit of success. I wanted that to, to reflect on my family that I was able to, to get that far. And for my mom, when, when she talks about it to me, you know, to, to her, that, that success to, to have been able to get to where I am. And I still want more for myself. But when I think about it like that, it does, it does make me a little happy for me to have been able to graduate and, and start working when I, my, my first out of school job was at Univision. And that's the channel that my, you know, yeah. and not national, it was Univision in Chicago, but it was such a great place to work and it was such a good start. And, and, you know, at that, that, to work with people that were such professionals and that knew what they were doing and that knew the city so well. That was success at that point. And, and I, I look back and I think, okay, that was, that was a success to have gotten there, but now I, I want more. And, and my mom wants more for my sister and I. And I think that that's, 
it's it's something that should keep evolving and it's it's just wow. We see we see a lot of those images about sometimes we'll see somebody climbing either a mountain or we'll see somebody climbing stairs. Success really is continuing that climb as well mm-hmm. because obviously I feel I've gone far in these past few years when it comes to professional wise like that. Personally as well, I I will say that as well, but professionally definitely but now it's just a matter of just continuing on, like I said. And I think one thing that I do want to mention before we wrap up this segment is sometimes you have to acknowledge the successes as well because there are some people out there who are just continuing the battle on. No, I, yeah. I, want, I want this or whatnot. And even if they get a promotion or even if whatnot, insert any kind of accomplishment here, yeah. they continue on, but they don't necessarily acknowledge it because they're still continuing on. They have that tunnel vision. Some of that is admirable, but at the same time, you have to stop and smell the roses sometimes yeah. and say, you know what? I have accomplished quite a bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. There's a balance I understand between your ego, and, and, and but at the same time, acknowledge that, sit back, you'll recognize where you've come from, but also all those small steps that you took to get to where you are, you're going to take those and you're going to move on to that next stare that next mountain right. so and so and i think it's good to surround yourself by people who recognize your success and their success and like well like we mentioned success means something different to everyone so just because someone's idea of success is something doesn't mean yours is but for people who just who celebrate the little successes the big successes and who make you feel like something for those successes because that that's just going to create this environment this atmosphere around you that will make you hungry for more but also it, it'll show you to appreciate what you have accomplished and what you what you've been through because that that alone is a success is making it through difficult times. So let's just end off with this quote: "Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. And if you love what you are doing, you will be successful." For our second topic today, we are going to talk about. A topic that just kind of came to me when I was, ironically, I was watching a basketball game and Mm -hmm. they had said that this team had a grudge against this other team. And for whatever reason, sometimes those key words come up to me and they stick with me. Mm -hmm. So the word grudge just stuck with me. And the idea of holding a grudge, because for the most part, most of us have held a grudge at some point. I think that's a safe thing to say around here. Yeah. Yeah. And just the unhealthiness of it, but being able to recognize it for some people is tough. Sometimes they won't even notice that they're holding this grudge. Some of them hold it for years. Some of them can hold it against somebody that's very close to them. It could hold it to sister, brother, sometimes even, as, as weird as it sounds, sometimes to parents as well. Studies have shown as well that grudges are unhealthy. There are information from the Mayo Clinic to WebMD to all these other, not just websites as well, but actual organizations have done studies on how grudges affect you when it comes to stress, when it comes to your mind, and how it affects all of that, your relationships with not just the person that you have a grudge with, but also the people around them and the people around you as well. And learning how to forgive is obviously one of the key steps to Mm -hmm. letting go of that grudge. So with that in mind, with the idea of of grudges and how unhealthy they are and how it feels like nowadays, especially, and I'm not trying to blame everything on social media, but social media is not helping. Sometimes it gets easier to have a grudge because sometimes depending on whether it's somebody put on Instagram or somebody put on Facebook or the way somebody replied back to your post, Things like that. Sometimes emails. So petty. Oh, yeah. So petty. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And even emails at work, Uh sometimes an email, obviously you can't put 
too much emotion on it without maybe like the all caps option. But sometimes those get misinterpreted and then you feel, well, this person's being passive aggressive with me. Yeah. And then you begin to hold a grudge against somebody that deep down entirely doesn't even have a grudge against you. So with all that in mind, Yvette, have you ever held a grudge? When did you realize you have a grudge? If you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did have a grudge, how did you let it how did you let it go? Okay. So I am okay, so I'm not really that much of a confrontational person. I'm just not um I don't really, I mean, I just, I get along with most people or I try to, I just, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't necessarily hold that many grudges or I mean, any grudges really, any, anything really serious, anything that's taken a lot of time. No, not, not really. No, no grudges like that. There's little things because there's grudges against people that, you know, you'll never forget. And you're still, you know, after all these years, it's just, it's, it's serious and it's never going to stop or, you know, you have no intention of making it stop. And then there's little grudges that, you know, little things that you just won't forget. Right. So joke around, like joking around, my sister and I always talk about this um, and it's really dumb. So I'm sorry that I don't have anything deeper. I will try really hard to think of something. But then obviously, you know, we're sisters. We grew up, we, we fought, we got, you know, we made up, whatever. But one time, and I apologize because this is all I can think of. Right. One time we all went out for tacos and um, I had extra tacos and I put them in the fridge and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat these later. They're going to be so good. And I came home from wherever I was and they were gone. She had eaten my tacos and it's like really, we joke, we still joke around about it. Like she'll, t- she'll still tag me in memes on Facebook and I, you know, because I was, I wasn't actually upset, but it's that one thing that I keep bringing up, you know? So I'm right. like, we joke around about it, but I'm bringing it up. So clearly I'm bringing it, you know? So yeah, like I said, it's, it's very, it's not that deep. Yeah. I, I don't have that many grudge stories. I'm sorry. No, I'm going right. to keep trying to think of one and I'll let you know. But do you have any examples of, of grudges oh. that you've held? And, oh, how um, much and, time do we have? Yeah, well, not that much time, sure, actually. So let's uh, think yeah. of like a top top grudge, top 10. No, top three, no, top okay, one. Yeah, one. Okay, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, well, there, there have been smaller grudges in the past, kind of like in high school, there was a friend of mine and he started seeing this girl that I liked. The thing is, I never told him, I never uh-huh. told her okay. that I liked her, but I held a grudge against him. I just didn't like it. I, I felt like, how dare you, even though I never told him and I never told right. her, so how would they know? But were you still friends with him? I was friends, but at the same time, I was like, whatever, you're not all that. You're not, uh, you know, it's it's one of those kind yeah. of, like just kept, kind of, it was almost being a bully. Yeah. I was a bully, and I could tell he could notice a little bit, but he never, I'm not friends with him anymore. I don't know if he ever knew. Maybe he did. So you never Maybe. told him? No, never told him. Okay. Never told her. Okay. No, and it's not like they dated forever. They just dated for, I think, like yeah. four months or something. So like after they stopped dating, did you, did the grudge go away or? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty petty. I know. This is high school. <laughs> All right. So, I, I've grown from that. Okay. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> that's not me anymore. No, I got to defend myself. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but. Those things in high school, as petty as they sound, they happen in adulthood as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. They, they happen, You're absolutely right. They, they happen as well. And sometimes they could even just happen at work. You're just jealous of so-and-so yeah. either did a good job or so-and-so is more popular or so-and-so this. And then you held you hold a grudge for, for really no reason. Right. You know, but- and, and, so answer me this, and, yeah. and you can use it as this, this high school example or another example, but anytime that you've held a grudge, have you felt better? Like, has that made you feel better in any way? Like having the grudge? Yeah, like, like while you're holding the grudge, does the, it help you? Does it help you to uh, be upset? 
at first, yes. Okay. At first, yes, just because you feel it's an ego thing. Mm -hmm. It's an ego thing as well. As you feel like I, I don't need this person, or I don't need this, or I don't care that so and so is doing this. Yeah, like, but you do no. care because oh, yeah. you're all right. grudge. Right, and that's and yeah. that's how, and it's a way of almost it's a way of making yourself feel better. Right, and I think that's why it's a like lot a of us form of therapy. Or yeah, something. and that's why a lot of us I think we we want maybe we don't want to admit it, but we want to have at least that sort of that grudge in the, in the sense of like okay, no, 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 I don't care about this person does like. I'm always going to hate on him or her or whatnot because it makes you feel better. Maybe it's because you're not getting the recognition that you feel you should. And that's a completely different subject. But it, I think it's it's somewhat tied together as well, mm -hmm. you know, especially if it, when it comes to I think that's more of an emphasis when it comes to work and things like that. If you don't feel like you're getting the recognition, you begin to sort of dislike somebody else who maybe got some sort of recognition and things like that. When it comes to relationships, I think it's a way of coping with yeah. either your loneliness whether it's your frustration in the current relationship you might have because i i do know there was somebody who told me a long time ago they were a bit jealous of the relationship that i had with somebody who i was seeing right. many years ago uh -huh. because it seemed like we were always like had a good connection we had a good or whatnot the thing is we didn't even last that long i think we lasted like six months um but the thing is, it's just always what we think the grass is greener on the other side. And it's and so, usually not. The yeah. grass is greener where you water it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so it's a way of, oh, well, hold this grudge or I'll hold this because I, I can't stand them. But in, deep down, sometimes the jealousy is just there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these grudges begin or they grow out of jealousy. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not healthy. There's many studies. I'm reading just one right here mm -hmm. about how that anger can hurt your heart. And a study published by the American Heart Association suggested mm -hmm. that high levels of anger obviously can increase the risk of coronary heart disease, uh, and particularly in older men. There's one from the Harvard School of Public Health found that subjects were five times more at risk of a heart attack mm -hmm. and three more at risk of a stroke following an angry outburst. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's due to holding in that anger that sometimes you, you joke around someone and say, oh, he or she's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Sometimes the case of that's, that's kind of, that's true. Well, and also it just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't understand. And, and don't get me wrong. I have, um, a pe I've been hurt by people and people have made me upset and, um, I, I've probably been upset in the moment, but I mean, how, like I've heard before that holding a grudge is like li letting someone live rent free in your head. And, and it's true. It, it just, it makes no sense. And so, yeah, I've been upset by things and eventually I just let them go. And, and by eventually, I don't mean that, that long. It just, I just let something go because that person's not going to be any more sorry to, towards me if I'm upset and they have no idea or if they know I'm upset and they just still don't care. And I think part of it is also, it's a fear of confrontation because yeah. if we had a problem with somebody, sometimes as, as tough as this may sound, the best solution might be just sitting down with that person. Right. And for but, some people, that's very scary. But so so like, you know, best case scenario, you sit down with that person, you talk it out and, you, you know, they're sorry and that gets fixed. But what yeah. if you do talk it out and that person's like, sorry, not sorry. I, I don't understand why you're upset and I'm not sorry. What what then? Like, are you do you continue to hold that grudge or do you just say, well, that's that? For me, I would say, well, that's that. Then you okay. have to move on. Yeah. But. Unfortunately, this is what I think. I yeah. think, unfortunately, most people are going to go with, well, then, that they're going to just say, well, yeah. then, 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 then you're a jerk or the, well, then yeah. you're this. Grudgeless. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and you go all out with your grudge. Yeah. Then you almost feel like your grudge is down. You're, you're, you've been verified. Like it's been like, okay, yeah. I know. I have more. You've been justified. Like justified. I have more reason yeah, to I, be upset. You've been justified now. That, yeah. Now my grudge that I thought I had against yeah. so and so or this or whatnot. 
now that's been justified and now I go all in. And that's terrible. Yeah. But I feel like that, that would be the, the two scenarios. Yeah. And, and, and it's obviously unfortunate. I personally, for me, I think it would just be better to sit down with that person. Yeah. And go from there because if, like you said, if that person says sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Then we were talking about happiness just a, a little bit ago. Yeah. Then it is your responsibility. Yeah. To avoid that anger, to avoid that grudge. And to pursue whatever kind of happiness, knowing yeah. now that you have a clear answer to whatever problem you you feel like you have, because it's not always yeah. it's not always a two person problem, because that person doesn't have a grudge against you, right? It's just yourself, and yeah. you have to recognize what that is. Whether it's you just say you're jealous, uh-huh. or you're whatever, yeah. or whatever it could be, or sometimes you just need to let it go. As as I agree, as, as bad sometimes, as that petty, yeah. as that weird as that sounds, no, it's, you just it's, need to let it go. Yeah, it, because it's it's absolutely your choice. It's your choice to hold on to something or to let it go. I, I have sort of an example. Um, it's not. I won't go into too much detail, but I do. Okay, I guess I do hold some someone who grudge. <laughs> uh, there, there, you know, go. there's a confession. Therapy uh, because th- I had to think. Okay, so, and I won't go into too much detail, but uh, several years ago, I had a friend tell me something that someone else, someone that I was involved with said about me, some, something that they said, and it wasn't true. Right. And I know it wasn't true. And I was just, I, I was upset. I, I, even now that I think about it, I guess I, I get a little bit upset just because the, the fact that untrue words were spewed out of someone's mouth regarding me. And for me, my reputation is very important. My reputation is everything. So I, I want to try and keep it the way that I have built it, you know? Right. And so... And I know it's true. And then I talk to this, the, this friend. This friend knows that this isn't true. So, okay, great. You know, I have a, someone who believes me. But then it makes me wonder how many other people did this person say things to and do they know if it's not true? And so at that point, that's that what was my main concern. You know, how, how many people believe this, I guess? How many people believe whether this is true or not? And how is that affecting my reputation? And then eventually I, and like I said, yeah, maybe I get a little upset now. But I also don't think about that person really ever. And unless someone brings up grudges and I have to, <laughs> have to dig deep. <laughs> so uh, I... Therapy session. <laughs> yes, I have finally let that, it go. No, no but I mean, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I say, yeah, yeah, you could not bill me. <laughs> I have... Um, I have let it go in the sense that I don't care anymore because at this point in my life, whether someone believes or not, that's true. That's your decision. I know it's not true. And the people who are important to me know that that's not true. So that's that. And if anyone who doesn't believe it, well, then they're not important to me. And so it doesn't matter. And so I I guess I had to get to a point in my life to let it go. I had to get to a point in my life where I felt okay not caring what people thought about that. So I got to that point. And I think it's good. I I, I mean, like when I said grudge, I just didn't mean I thought about this every single day. And I would think about this person and what, you know, and it wasn't this, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they didn't mean it that way. Maybe they didn't know the repercussions. I don't know. I, I, I this point i don't really care back then i did and now i've just whatever um so Uh, i don't know for me and i'll end it with this learning how to let go of a grudge or learning how to just realizing that this is not worth it i don't even know what i'm what even have what's going on with me anymore i had for a while i'll admit i had a grudge also against my brother because my brother used to pick on me a lot when i was younger Mm -hmm. and so and it was kid stuff or whatnot but as i got older i I kind of didn't let it go because a lot of it did hurt. Right. But then as I continued on, I just didn't let it go completely. And and, then it kept affecting my relationship with him. And to the point where he was already past it, Mm -hmm. but I was not. So it's not that I had a a strong disliking of him, but it's just kind of just kind of look at him kind of weird and just kind of whatever, let him do his thing or whatnot. 
And it took a long time for me to let that go. I can admit it took a while. Finally, I reached a point where one day I just kind of, I don't want to say woke up. It just dawned on me out of just the blue. What, what am I even mad about? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what I'm upset about. It's reached that point. From then on, my brother and I have gotten along great, but it took me. I realized yeah. that was all on me. Now, did I have a valid point at the beginning of it? Maybe so, just because, I mean, he even acknowledges that he was not the best of older brother uh, when we were when we were younger. But then after that, it became on me. Then I held on to that grudge. Yeah. But then learning to let that go. Yeah. It just the relief that that just it just felt really good. It just felt yeah. really good. And and realizing that sometimes you don't even know that it's gotten you where you've gotten to that. It could take so, yeah. so long. Yeah. It's just keep continues wrapping, wrapping around. And for a lot of us, sometimes we want to tell people, hey, are you are you cool with so and so or whatnot? It's got to be you as well. You just can't wait for somebody to tell you, "Hey, you need to stop this," mm -hmm. or "Hey, are you and and this person okay?" Once you have realized, okay, maybe something is going wrong here. Mm -hmm. That's the path where you need to continue on, and you need a path to forgiveness, right. a path to just move to to move on completely. Especially when you can't remember why it is that you were upset. Right. That should be a big sign to just not be upset anymore. You don't know why. Right. And I think uh, to end this topic, I'll end with this quote that I saw. And I think you've seen it also as well. The first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. So the pursuit of happiness, continue pursuing that. But forgiveness is part of that also as well. Mm -hmm. All right. To wrap up our uh, show for today. We are going to settle the great debate. Uh-oh. We are into November now. So Halloween has come and gone. And so now be now comes Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those those holidays. Now, there's two very big sides to this argument. One is you don't play Christmas music or put up Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. And the other side says, no, the second Halloween is over, sometimes even before you are ready. You're on that holiday train and it has left. So, Shoal, where do you stand when is it too early to uh, celebrate Christmas or holiday, whatever stuff in the year? For me, I think the week of Thanksgiving, you can start putting up some Christmas. You are things. allowed to. Is what you're <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to the week of Thanksgiving. Not so, one minute before? No, no, no. Not Saturday at 1159. You got to wait till Sunday, that Sunday before Thanksgiving. That for me, that, okay, that's acceptable. That's when Christmas yeah. music, a holiday, whatever can yeah. start going yeah. up. Yeah, Christmas music can start then. Like okay. even now, we're still not at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hearing Christmas music now. No, I don't want to hear any Christmas music. I don't. No. And it hasn't even snowed out here yet, uh -huh. except in the mountains. So I don't want to see anything at Christmas. And I love Christmas. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. I love Christmas. I love the holidays. Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. I love even the bundling up and the people yeah. wearing red and people going out shopping and all yep. this stuff and spending all their money, myself included. Things like that. I do love that. However, it's Thanksgiving. Thank, we gotta give. Let's give Thanksgiving the respect that it deserves. I completely agree. <laughs> Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and Thanksgiving should be honored the same way. So, yes, Christmas music, Christmas decorations, all that stuff, or whatever holiday it is you're celebrating. Yeah, after the week of Thanksgiving, maybe I'm thinking after, like after Thanksgiving, oh. the Friday after Thanksgiving, the the day after. That's when that stuff can Not start. Or, Christmas lights. Mm, I don't know why. I, like, I kind of like Christmas lights. <laughs> No, no, no. The oh. week Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is the holiday that it's like the the middle child. It's <laughs> it's it's like right after Christmas. Really, I mean, no, right after Halloween, people are already like, oh, 
like deck the hall. No, yeah. like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. doesn't have any songs. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd sing them anyway. But you no, know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that other stuff, the holiday stuff needs to wait until after Thanksgiving. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I do love Christmas, but I do love Thanksgiving as well. I lean more towards Thanksgiving just because of the idea of spending the time with the family. Right. Uh, I do love football, so I do love watching football. And who doesn't love turkey? Who doesn't love turkey now? If Vegans you're and vegetarians. now, if you're a Latino, well, well, yes, not that. Just but, <laughs> well, it's not them. Everybody else loves turkey, yeah. but also if you're a Latino, Latino, or anybody from a different culture, yeah, some foods go along with it also as well. It's, so it's not yeah. always just the traditional cranberries and things like that. You have your arroz con gandules if yeah. you're from a certain region, mm-hmm. things like that. You have tamales, if you will, uh-huh. and some it does not even turkey in general. It yeah. could be something else. Right. That settles the debate. Yes. Wait until. After or the week of Thanksgiving. And it, that goes for radio stations too as well. <laughs> yes, no, don't play your Christmas music no, yet. No, not yet. Not yet. And, that, and stores, I know stores are already busting out nope, their don't Christmas do it. stuff. Don't do it. The other day I heard already Christmas music over the PA uh-huh. and, at a store. Yeah. And I just shook and my you, head. And I hope you left. Yeah, I shook my I head. I hope you left right then and there. <laughs> well, I had, to, I had to pick up that Traitor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Well, that settles the debate at least, you know, on the cafecito end. Yes. Case closed. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at KSL Cafecito. And I'm at Shuet Caranas. And I'm at Evie Cruz. Thanks for listening.